Welcome to day four, number 73, with the man Frank Scalish. <laughs> what, what number are you on? 83. <laughs> How could I be 10 off? I was planning the whole thing right before we went on. I looked. I said, yeah, last week was 82. This week is 83. I'll tell you what threw me off, Frank. Recorded show this week. I'm currently up at the uh, Mississippi River at a media event. But nonetheless, we have a fantastic show today. But I'll tell you what threw me off, Frank. Tell me. We got a full-size fridge in the studio, and, and every now and then, Jeffries will get on my case because he still has his bowling studio and now is recruiting studio for SNU Bowling uh, out, out in the studio with the BTL studio. But there's no beverages left in the fridge, and of course, you have to wet your whistle when you're doing a podcast and a show. You have to make sure. Well, the only thing that's left, the only thing that is left in the fridge. Don't even tell me. Sparkling unflavored sparkling water, which you have to be an absolute psychopath to just drink that straight without cutting it or, into anything. Or have no taste buds like Mark. Or V8. Or V8. That's it. So I am sipping on some tomato juice. Well, you got to go with the V8. It's just packed with nutrients. <laughs> it is. We'd like to introduce a new sponsor to the show. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. There's two, <laughs> exactly. full serving, two full servings of vegetables in it. No, day... Four, number eighty-three, and this 83. is one. Uh, this is one that I've been looking forward to. It kind of uh, manifested itself organically over the conversations that we've had yeah. on day four over the past couple months, and something that I think is a a lost art in it bass is. fishing, both uh, competitively at all levels and just fun fishing. Uh, and there's not that many guys that actually know what they're doing and how to do it. Fortunately, you happen to be one of those guys. I cut my teeth on drift socks. Drift we are, socks. Yeah, we are. We, some we call them drift socks. Um, some people call them wind socks. Some people call them drag bags. I mean, there's a million nicknames. For Never heard things. that. Never. I've all yeah. I've heard is drift sock. I guess. Yeah, but the, but it's a drift sock, and and basically, you know, it's a. Well, you know what it is. It looks like a parachute, and it goes in the water, and it puffs up when the boat starts dragging, and it slows you down. They're they're insane tools, and I I have three in my boat not all the time, but we'll we'll get into that. Um, okay, you know uh, in a bit. I did want to uh, note it. It's it's been up there for uh, uh, exactly a week now. Uh, and um, there probably will be some left, maybe not by the time we get to it, but there is a new color in the Super Spook that I noticed on the LureNet.com website, and it's called Superman. Yeah, Superman. Superman to the rescue. That thing looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty sick, man. It's pretty sick color. It's like clear with pink and a kind of a bluish splatter back on it. Yeah, it's pearly. It's it's a pretty bait. It really Uh, is. I say that in reference. Like I said, I just got another email. Hey, when's the color seven coming out? I know it's it's so we're so close. I've already seen them, so that means they're they're on the way. I, I've already seen them. They look great. Um, they look just like the ones I painted, which is fantastic because that was a very difficult color um, to have painted. I have so many steps in that bait and so many layers to it, but they did a fantastic job. So you guys will be really pleasantly surprised when it, when it's, when I say ready, set, go (laughs) BTL, BTL and day four listeners will be the, uh, 
first. The first to know about uh, exactly when, where, and how they can get their hands on the uh, spook and the yeah. color. 100%, 100%. Color 7. That sounds weird. The color 7. I did that. Yeah, one. but it was the funny. shows we've done, but. It was the funniest thing ever when you said that. It was. It was pretty good. It was um, way too soon. That's what made it way so funny. <laughs> Yeah, he was just barely recovering from that. It was so that was so that was way too soon to let that out, but it was great moment. But uh, something you probably won't be doing is throwing a top water with a drift sock. What'd you call it? A drag bag? Yeah, drag bag. All right. So if you're not from the from the okay, that that's an eerie thing. That's a Great Lakes thing. Yeah. Great Lakes. Yeah, just if you're not of, from you, the Great Lakes, exactly. Just break it down exactly what the heck a drift sock is. Okay. This. <laughs> oh, you have an actual drift sock. Oh, yeah. This is a drift sock. Um, this is actually uh, Lindy's drift sock. Okay. Um, this is their original series, and this is a 50 incher. Whoa, where did I go? That's a 50-incher, and basically it looks like a cone, a parachute. For lack of a better word, it's going to be a parachute, and it narrows down at the end. So when it opens up, well, I'll, I'll have a diagram when it opens up, but that's a, that, this is a drift sock, okay? Um, I use Lindy's drift socks, and I'll tell you why. They... In my opinion, they have all the right sizes, um, and they have several different types of socks. So, but we'll get into that later. Um, what we need to do is you need we need to talk about um, the actual process. You follow? Because this is not this here. Look, when you lay a drift sock out. Boat control is absolutely critical. It's paramount. If you if you if you have haphazard boat control uh, when you throw a drift sock out, it will absolutely reduce your fish catch rate. You you will suffer because of it. You will be you could not be efficient with haphazard boat control. So what I'm gonna initially what we're gonna get into is I'm gonna explain to you the dynamics of it and then how to use it and i'm going to tell you some tricks some safety tips and we're going to just go right in it then we're just getting right in it so so with my statement of uh boat control is critical drifting with a sock is anything but aimless okay if you're if you're doing it properly it's with a purpose and an intent. So first, let's talk about something first. Okay. If you if you throw your drift sock out over the boat, it puffs up, wind catches it, water displacement slows you down like it's supposed to do. Your boat doesn't track in a straight line. All boats track at 45 to 60 degree angles. Okay. It's because of the way the hull's cut? It's because of the way the angle of the boat is in the drift and the hull's cutting the water. So okay. the hull's moving the boat, okay? Um, so you you have to, you know, your boat's going to track 45 to 60 degrees uh, right or left of the wind direction, 
Okay, so you have to, this has to be compensated on your initial setup. When you set your drift, this has to be compensated initially. Okay, so you could turn your outboard all the way as far as it can go in one direction, and then this will act like a rudder and it'll actually start to swing the nose of your boat towards the wind. Okay. So, and I'll, I'll show you a little bit in a minute. So you turn your outboard all the way and it rudders the boat and, and keeps you at a better angle. Okay. You're never going to be perfectly perpendicular to the wind. It's impossible. You're always going to have an angle front of the, or front of the boat, back of the boat angle drifting. Okay. Um, so you, you, so so that's what that does. Now you can also drop your trolling motor, use your trolling motor to nudge the front of your boat, nudge the bow in a direction or bump yourself closer towards your waypoint. So when you're drifting to your waypoint, you can use the trolling motor to get close to it. All right. Now I'm just going to preface this. If you set your drift up properly, you won't have to touch your trolling motor and I'll show you how to do that. Okay, I'll show you how to do that. Because most of the time when you're drift socking, your trolling motor spending most of the day out of the water anyway. So anyhow, that's that. So one thing that I have to say is that when you tie your drift sock off, okay, to your cleat, you always want the front side cleat, especially in big giant waves and heavy wind you tie it on the front side cleat okay you never ever ever attach a drift sock to the bow eye of your boat ever what's going to happen if you put that drift sock on the bow eye the front bow eye where you hook your trailer up to your boat when your boat's going up a wave, the drift sock's going to be six to eight feet in front in front of it. It's not going to allow the nose to come up. The drift sock's going to hold the nose down, and the wave's going to roll right over top of your boat. It's just going to eat it. You are a submarine at that point. You never put it on the bow eye. You always put it on the front side cleat. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, here's the life-saving tip. If you are ever on the Great Lakes and you lose power, that's exactly what you do. You put it on the front left or right cleat, depending on how the wind direction is. Okay. And I like this is in waves of you don't even have to be on the Great Lakes, just in lakes that are producing waves higher than five feet. If you if you lose power in your outboard, throw the drift sock on that cleat, let out, you know, six to eight feet of line off that drift sock, keep it a ways away from the boat. So your boat has the ability to do this. Okay. It will always position you in a safe position for the waves. You won't run into the danger of being at too much of the wrong angle and then having the wave come in your boat. So that's really a very good safety tip. It's a really good safety tip. Okay. So the next thing is, you know, um, you hear me talk a lot about throwing two drift socks out. I'll have two out. So I use two drift socks when the wind is insanely strong and I can't slow down enough 
or the waves are higher than six feet. Okay, so when I encounter waves that are six to eight footers, I have two drift socks out. It gives me better boat control, um, slows me down enough where I'm, I'm actually maintaining that bottom contact that I need, whether I'm dragging a tube, throwing a Carolina rig, a football jig, what have you. What it does is when it slows you down enough so your, your lure is just going dink, dink, dink across the bottom. It's not grinding in and you're constantly snagging up and it's not going where you can't touch the bottom. Okay, unless you go to like a four pound weight. So Real quick, when you say six to eight feet, you're talking about Great Lakes rollers. You're not talking about stacked up waves in a lake where it's just absolutely insane. You're talking about navigable fishing water. No, I'm talking about brutal, mean, nasty water. Like the the Great Lakes stuff. But you'll I mean, not where they're breaking, right? Are they breaking over when you do this or Some, are those those sometimes. big eerie rollers that no. are Okay. So, sometimes they're breaking. Okay, curling. well, that's pretty savage then. It's very savage. All right, continue. I was wrong on that. I was thinking. <laughs> you're thinking when you're out there and you got to catch them. Yeah, exactly. So okay, here, continue. So when I'm using two drift socks, I put a larger sock on the front side cleat and a smaller sock on the back side cleat. The reason I do this is because I want the angle of the nose of my boat to always be in a position where the waves are coming in and the angle of the boat is is not drastic and smashing into the boat. It's going to be a nice soft drift. You're going to drift down and it's going to be smooth. It's going to be soft and you're not fighting the wave. So you always have to have your boat pitched at an angle and I always want my nose more forward. I don't ever want the rear of the boat be in front of the nose because then your waves are going to roll over the back deck. You always want the nose of the boat forward facing, okay? Not straight forward facing, mm-hmm. but at an angle forward facing. Um, that's pretty much how I do it. And you know you're you know you're going to you know you're going to be you have it right when the boat's at a slight angle, the nose is in front of the rear of the boat. And it's a smooth drift. It's not, you're not smashing. Waves aren't going over you and stuff like that. That's how you know you're, that's how you know you're, you're doing it. You know, you're doing it right. Um, I, oh, you know what? Here, let me, let me show you. Duh. That is how you set the drift sock up. For, that's you just have one out there. You have yeah, right I just if cleat. I had another one, it would be on the back cleat over okay. here. Okay, motors turned. Motors turned. Trolling motors down. I have the trolling motor down in this diagram. There's so many times on Lake Erie where you can't even get on the front deck to put the trolling motor down. Um, but but that's pretty much how it's going to look in the water. Lift the boat's just a hair. The boat's going to be at a slight angle. Boat's going to be at a slight angle. Your sock's going to be you know, pulling this way. So the nose of your boat's going to be forward. The rear, the rear of your boat's going to be a little bit behind it. If you throw a drift sock off the back cleat, I make it a little closer to the boat and I throw a smaller one out there. So then it really keeps my angle right. Okay. And all that's going to do is add more resistance. The second one to slow you down a little bit more. It won't actually change the angle of the boat because you're still getting more drag from the bigger drift sock up front, which will keep that bow 
at that 45 degree angle Correct. and do it and allow a soft, softer, slower drift. Correct. That's a Correct. heck of a drawing, Frank. Please. <laughs> How did you do that arrow to where it was like three dimensional looking going backwards? Very scary. <laughs> That's well done. So now let's talk about, let me see something here. I got a bunch of drawings in front of me. Let me see what I'm looking at here. Uh, I'm looking for something, Matt. Talk while I'm looking. Oh, that's fine. Oh, okay, okay. Here, I don't know what to are. talk about with drift okay, socks. I, I, I found it. Sock stories. I have nothing. I found it. I found You're on it. an island, Frank. But today I found on it. The show. I'm on an island. It's all got, you. And I got to the island because I had a drift sock. Yeah. Safely. So and it saved my life. So so I I always carry three drift socks in my boat. I carry a small one, a medium one, and an extra large one. All right. I always have three in the boat. Now, if I'm if I'm actually on the Great Lakes specifically for any length of time, I might even have five in my boat. Okay. Now that's not overkill because every one of them is a different size. So I can control my drift meticulously. Okay. And I'll get into some sizes and stuff later on in this episode. So, so I have three, I carry three with me no matter where I'm at. All right. So now let's talk about setting up a drift because this is what's really important. Okay. So when you set up a drift, what I like to do, if I have, and see, this was the uh, lousy illustration I was looking for. So what I like to do is I set up a drift. Can you see that? Cause I, yep. I am totally yep, not just a little higher. There you go. Okay. What I do is I make a practice line drift okay so i'll idle up if this is my waypoint i'll idle up and where i think i'm going to cross intersect my waypoint with the drift i set the boat adrift and then i let it track for a minute and then i see where my line's going so now that i know my line is here and i'm nowhere near here i have to idle all the way over to here and then i drop the drift bag And then I see which way my track line is going. So I know by my track lines, all my track lines that I create, where I am in reference to the rock pile. Okay? Okay. So then I can shorten them and shorten my drifts or lengthen my drifts. So let's say I'm going to draw something on here, even though that's not what you're going to see on your locator, but I'm going to draw something on here. Okay. Well, yeah, that, you would you would see that because it's the, on a GPS. The yellow one is the is a it's you said like a prac like a setup drift. So yeah, right. this is my setup drift just yep. to see where I'm going. So if this yep. is my map, and there's my mm-hmm. rock pile, That's the exits are going to be right. The X is the sweet spot. I'll set drifts up so I can cover all the breaks on the rock pile. Yeah. And so when I'm done, it will literally look like I idled over this thing 30 times. Because if the smallmouth move, okay, because what you think about this, whichever the wind, whichever wind direction is. So if the wind direction is blowing this way, obviously, the smallmouth are going to position in front of this cover, the structure. Smallmouth always are upwind of the structure. Aggressive fish are never on the lee side. They're always on the current oh pushing side Oh, my gosh, that it. makes so much sense based on what I just experienced at Oneida. Continue. Okay, so that's 
the critical component. So when I'm done with this, here's what it's going to look like. And this is a spot that if it was a glass calm day, you'd be able to roll out, drop oh, the you motor could, and make yeah. cast to it. Oh yeah. Drop vertically on it, cast around, hang out. So you're you're this is how you can fish a, a productive spot regardless of the conditions. Right. So when I'm done with it, th- this is what my track lines are going to look like. <clears throat> mhm. Very meticulous. Now, if this structural element is only 20 yards in diameter, I'm making short drifts over it. So, so what you see here where I have my turns, mm-hmm. they would be here. Yep. You know what I mean? I'm making super short drifts over it because I don't want to waste a lot of time drifting aimless water. Now, here's another thing with smallmouth, okay? This is also important. Wind's coming this way. We know the fish are positioned here, yep. all right? Sometimes what they'll do, smallmouths are crazy. Sometimes, like, let's say this is 15 feet or 20 feet deep where the X is, okay? Sometimes they'll suspend out here, same height as the high spot, but off the structure a little bit. So that's when I'll use the locator to tell me that, oh, I better redo my drifts. Or I better go to a smaller sock so I drift faster to keep the bait more off the bottom. So these are things that you want to be cognizant of while you're while you're using your drift socks because everything that your locator tells you is a clue. Okay? They're they're clues. So let me see something here. I'll show you a positional a position, a fish position here. I illustrate. Are you still dropping waypoints when you get bit on every drift? I I drop waypoints on two things, structural elements and then if the fish are off the structural element, where I'm finding most of the fish. You follow me? Yeah. So here, so I illustrated this book. Mark Hicks did it a, a bunch of years ago. It's called Lake Erie Smallmouth. Holy cow. So I illustrated the book. And so in here, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about smallmouth positioning yeah. on the windy side of the brakes and currents. So this is where all these fish are positioned now. You see? Yep. Wind's coming. You see the wind arrows. Mm -hmm. Wind's going into the spot, the smallmouth around the front of the spot. So that's that's what I'm talking about when when I say the smallmouth position in front because the wind's creating a fake current. The fish are using it, and all your aggressive fish, that's where they're going to. So oftentimes, if you're just looking at your 2D, then you're going to get bit. As soon as the juice, you know, if, if, if you're like, holy cow, this thing goes for another 50 yards, you're going to get bit as soon as you see the juice, because that means your bait is trailing behind, which means it's you've right. already gone over the fish. So you're going to see abyss, fish, then cool stuff on the bottom. What, well, here's what's going to happen. You're going to. That was a great illustration. Let me draw this real quick. I have to get I have to get a piece of paper. No, I can use notebook paper. So here's what your graph's going to look like, and I'll do this really fast. Because on Oneida, when I was drifting, and I did a ton of drifting, but not with a drift sock, I would get bit and be like, "What the heck was that fish on?" But then I would notice, I would feel like that fish was on nothing, right? But then right. when I was fighting the fish, I would notice I was going over rock piles. Right. So here. That's because that fish was on the front side of that. 
Correct. So okay, here's, that makes a lot more sense. So, so here's what happens. That's what, you're going up. You're going. You're going up the break. Yep. Okay. You're going. You're going up. God bless America. This is so hard. You're going up the break here. Mm-hmm. So you're immediately going to see it on your graph right here. Yep. The you're going to see the you're going to see the drop, and then it's going to start to climb immediately on your graph. So you're drifting with a drift sock. You have so much line out. You got your bottom contact. By the time this gets to here on your screen, your lure's now going to be in the sweet spot. I got you. You follow me? Yep. So that's that's pretty much that. Okay. So now where am I here? I got and the drift sock allows you to stay in that sweet spot instead of just blow through. Right, because it's slowing you way down. Yeah, it makes total okay. sense. All right. So let's. So that's basically structure fishing. So some of the stuff that I will look for, um, is stuff like this. Okay. So I know that when I, when I drift, when I drift over that, I'm bringing my bait up it. If the winds, you know, the winds pushing me and I'm bringing Mm -hmm. the bait up that ledge which is how they want it if this if this is the windy side of the ledge that's where they want it if the wind's coming from the other direction the fish are going to be over here on it they'll be on the top of it and then i will drag down it you follow me yep so it just depends on the wind direction um there's all kinds of neat stuff this book is crazy can you buy that book anymore is that i don't know if you can hunt for it you might have to hunt for it. What's the name of it? It's called Lake Erie Smallmouth by Mark Hicks. I'm trying, I believe guys. it's still available on Amazon. Okay, good. There it is by Mark Hicks, Frank Scalish illustrator. Out of, out of a possible... Uh... Yeah, you... You, out of a possible five-star rating, you have only gotten five stars on it. It is a five-star rated book. On this, this is phenomenal. This is phenomenal. Nineteen ninety-nine, and it works for all the Great Lakes. It works for all your smallmouth fisheries up north and everything. So this is this is kind of like the perfect scenario. What you're looking for, because okay. now I can drift over this ah. and I can tick the tops of every one of these high spots. One, two, three. There's five sweet spots on that. Exactly. And who's that guy? Who is <laughs> that's, that? That's me, dude. <laughs> no, it's not. Move it over the other way. Oh yeah, it is you. You weren't <laughs> drifting there. That's a chartreuse spinner bait up on a break wall. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> that is you. Holy is. cow. I had to remember. And then you guys, you know, I'm so digressing. This is like a flashback. No, no, no. <laughs> but that like was an interesting flashback. deal. So you're talking about that. There's, there's spot, there's spots that are better suited for drifting because you're spending less time pulling and repositioning and more time hitting sweet spot after sweet spot after sweet. spot. Right. But you'll, but I'll use the drift sock whenever, whenever it's necessary. This book is really fantastic guys. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it really is. We we got everything in there, um, how to position with the trolling motor into the wind. How to, you see the winds, the winds coming from here. The fish are on the windy side. My boat is over the top of the structure, and I'm fishing yep. up the structure. Okay, I got so you. that's right. not drift sock fishing. So we're gonna put this away. But I just little nostalgia. 
Little yeah, they're nostalgia. about to sell a bunch of those things. It is Lake Erie Smallmouth paperback. Lake Erie Smallmouth, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, this book's fantastic. And here, the, I was reading it the other day, and I was laughing my butt off because um, everything that I do still applies. We did this book a decade ago or a million decades ago, and everything I do still applies. So it's really a fantastic it was, book. It's uh, it not was almost a quarter century ago, Frank. Correct. Thank you for helping me. It's not, <laughs> this is not outdated by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. Okay. So now, so, and he did, he did other ones too, like Lake Erie Walleye. Um, now, I'm not promoting all his books. I just have them here because there's Drift Sock stuff in here too. So Mark I was still writing. For best, still writing. Mark's a right. Mark's a good guy. He's still writing. I illustrated this book too. I want to show you a funny illustration. We were talking about ice fishing on Lake Erie, yeah. and so I did some ice fishing illustrations. <laughs> this is the funniest one. Okay. I, I drew the ice fishing just to the boots standing by the ice holes. Isn't that funny? That is. That's freaking good. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> so you got your, your deucer down there. And oh, yeah. A world record perch or a keeper walleye. Walleye. Everything, dude. Awesome. So, All right. Back so, to yeah, drift So, let's get back to drift socks. I got so much stuff piled on this desk. I can't stand a cluttered desk. I have drift socks all over this desk. I have... It's good. Everything. We're on we're on track so far. All right. So so let's talk. I want to talk about some some other uses uh, for drift socks that guys don't take into consideration. Okay. So let's talk about inland lakes um, that get big wind, but they don't get huge waves. You know, maybe you're going to encounter three footers at the most. Um, they but they get massive wind to them. Um, you're going to do pretty much traditional uh, socking, just like we just covered for the Great Lakes. You're going to do the same way I talked about it. Everything is the same. There's no difference. Okay. But let's say you have a lot of wind, you don't have huge waves, um, and maybe you're fishing grass edges or channel, river channel ledges. Okay. So, now you want to try to make your boat drift parallel to these. Okay. Okay. So you could fish effectively, slow way the heck down, um, and fish parallel. In this case, and only in this case, you can put the drift sock on the rear side cleat. Okay. You're not going to experience waves that are coming over the top of the boat. You're not going to have waves roll over the back deck as long as they're three foot or less. If you get into anything bigger than that, you cannot put that sock on the rear cleat. So, and I have to, I have to, I have to reiterate that. Okay. So, so now let's look at this little piece of crap drawing here. That's another fantastic drawing that is way beyond my. Okay, I don't know where I'm at. Am I in? You're good. Just a tad to one direction or the other. This direction? No, other way. There you go. You're in. Okay, so now I'm going to attach the sock to the cleat. The wind's blowing this way. This Mm -hmm. is my river ledge or my grass flat. Okay? This wind's blowing me this way. I'm going to angle my motor so the nose wants to turn into the wind. 
and I'm going to put the sock on this side of the boat, which is going to help cock the boat at an angle. Okay. And it's essentially going to drift me nice and slow down the ledge of this, the edge of this grass. Without blowing it out. Without getting up here and always on my trolling motor back and forth. I can use the trolling motor to help steer. So I'm not constantly on it. I'm just tapping it every now and then to help steer me, to keep me running down this grass edge. Then I can fish effectively, whether if I'm paralleling the grass or if I'm actually throwing on top of the grass or flipping the edges. Okay. This is a very, very dynamic technique um, that I've done before. I've done it in Florida. I've oh, you it- drift socked in Florida. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'll I'll tell you what I did in Florida exactly. But like this technique right here, this this technique that I'm showing you right here works on inland lakes where you're where you don't have massive mounds of water crashing in on you. Yeah, Um, that's the only way that you can do this technique is if you have big wind and small mm-hmm. waves well let's say you've got an 18 and a half foot boat and you don't have a uh like yeah if you if you don't have 20 thrust trolling motor you only got an 80 thrust trolling motor right i mean Perfect. that is ideal because mm-hmm. for 80 bucks you're in on a drift sock and now you're able to fish something effectively where otherwise you have that thing on high bypass you'd have to go into the waves you got boat slap you're blowing out the edge yeah, it's misery and, you can't do it your batteries are dead by noon and you're going to run out you'll run out yeah. of batteries you'll kill your batteries in 5 yeah. minutes uh, so i wrote down like pickwick kentucky lake cayuga nida gunnersville anywhere that has the grass flats or distinguished ledges even on something like a wheeler lake on the decatur flats if the wind's in the right position any of that stuff hundred percent, dude. Now I'm going to tell you a trick. This is what I do a lot, especially on northern lakes. When the smallies get into these massive grass flats and spawn in the open pockets. Rather than get on my trolling motor and try and position the boat into the wind and grind up all that grass, because now I'm actually on the grass, in the grass. Mm -hmm. I throw the drift sock out. And I let the wind blow me across the grass flat and I pitch in front of the boat. Stealth. As I'm going, my trolling motor's not even in the water and my outboard is trimmed up. And I got the sock out there and I'm not making a sound and I'm pitching in front of the boat, letting the boat, the wind push me down the end of the grass and pitching in front. I can slow myself down so much based on how big of a sock I use. Or if I maybe I have to use two little socks, you know what I mean? Um, because the grass is too close to the surface. If the gla- grass is four feet from the surface, I can throw the big sock out, slow myself way down, and pitch in front of it. A buddy of mine, a buddy of mine, Dale and I were on uh, Presque Isle one time, and the the smallies were spawning, and and we had insane, insane wind, and we couldn't fish. So we threw the drift socks out and the waves weren't too bad. So we put them on the two back cleats, threw the drift sock out, let the boat drift down the grass. And we were pitching in front of the boat, smashing all these beautiful smallmouth. We could never have done that effectively without the drift sock. We caught so many bass that day. It was ridiculous. And there was a bunch of guys doing photo shoots at that time. And, and we were the only ones we were crashing them. And crashing big ones too, so so that's 
There's other uses for drift socks. Why okay? don't we see this? Why don't we see this on the BPT when they were just up at Cayuga and it was howling wind? Why didn't you, we see you this want on the, the truth? Elite series? Yeah, I want the truth. A, it's a pain in the ass. And B, a lot of these new guys think spot lock is the deal and that they can just spot lock it and they fight and suffer and suffer through all that wind and waves when they don't have to. The other part of it is lack of experience. Um, you know, as well as I know, if a hundred grand is on the line, you're not going to do something you never do. Exactly. Okay. You know what I mean? So that's a big, that's a big, big part of it. You know what I mean? Is that. So now, now let's talk about the drift socks themselves. So here's the deal. I, I use the Lindy socks. Lindy has four versions. They have an original series, a fisherman series, a magnum series, and a wave tamer. Okay. The wave tamers are big socks, big socks. The magnum series has a big sock in it, but they still traditionally downsize. So here's what I, here's what I carry in my boat. I have a 30 inch sock, a 50 inch sock and a 72 inch sock. All right. Here's what I have. I have a 30 inch, a 42 inch, a 50 inch, a 60 inch, and a 72. That those are all the socks that I do actually have. All right. Um, let me show you. Let me show you the wave tamer. I'm going to show you the big one. This 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 is this is a monster. So on the big one, on the wave tamer, on the big one. Whoa, I'm all tangled up here. That here's real quick. Yeah, there it is. So here's what I do on the Wave Tamer. And this is the only sock I do this on, by the way. I put a locking Holy cow. D-ring on it. That's not messing around. And then I have this, and this is heavy. Yeah, what is that attached to then? This is attached to the back of the drift sock. Okay, and then the back then... of the... You know, now, all what's these that metal things. thing you were just messing. What is the clip attached to that? Okay, this 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 is it. There's a loop at the end of all the. Yep. At the end of all the straps. Sorry. Okay. You make a you make a loop connector on a on a nylon you know nylon rope make like gotcha. a like a, you know you could use the safety straps from a deer stand you know um, that kind of rope not cotton rope not cheap crap you need something strong you make a loop on the end of it and then you just loop connect your line to this well the wave tamer sock is huge this yeah i'm gonna do this i don't know i'm gonna back way up oh shoot (laughs) i just dropped everything i own look at this oh my gosh frank I don't know. Can you see that? I'm yeah, like the entire back. Frank. Frank looks like he's going as a ghost for Halloween. Okay, right now. that's a... the that's the that's the big wave tamer. All right. I mean, that, that thing is eight foot tall. It's seventy seven and a half foot tall. I don't know. Go to wave tamer and look at their biggest one. Seventy two inches or something like that. Seventy two inches. Yeah, it's a monster. So. That's the only one I put that hardware on because I want that hardware to drop the bag down. Okay. I want the hardware to drop the, drop the cords in the water. And that's the only one I use it on all my other ones. All I'm doing is a loop to loop connection with a strong nylon rope. 
Um, usually I use the stuff for like safety rope for deer stand. Okay. And that, that's, that's pretty much what I do, but these are all Lindy socks. They're fantastic. Um, that the, the wave tamers made out of like parachute material. Um, the other ones are made out of, it's like, uh, it's a waterproof type, um, non-breathable material. Uh, the, this that is one the, right there? No, the original series is what I'm holding up. Okay. The original series. And see this yellow one here? This is the one that when you get the drift sock close to the boat, the yellow one is the one you, you pull on. And what it does is it takes the nose of the drift sock, pulls the nose towards you, the drift sock rolls backwards so you can get it out of the water. Because you can never get it out of the water oh, <laughs> trying I to pull it up. Yeah. So there's always a pull strap. If you notice on the drift socks, there's always a pull strap. It's going to be one cord that goes the length from the nose of the drift sock all the way to where you tie your loop to loop connector. So when you get the drift sock close to the boat, you grab the pull cord and you start to pull it towards yourself and it rolls the drift sock the opposite way. So you can just lift it out of the water. I got you. And that's that. So if I was a, a bass fisherman in a tournament, I have little drift sock or zero drift sock experience, but I'm saying, hey, I'll drop, I'll drop 50 bucks on it and 60 bucks on it and mess around with it. Are you going with the original? Like just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not up on the great lakes a lot, but I might be. What's the best all around rugged four wheel drive. If you were instead of, I mean, I'm not going to get five of them. I'm just telling you right now, Frank. <laughs> okay. So if you're not going to get five of them, I would get, the 50 inch original. Okay. And I, and I would get a 30 inch. You need okay. two. Okay. You absolutely 100% need two. but a 50 and a 30. Yeah. Get I, the job done. A 50 and a 30. Now, if you're a guy who really wants to get into it, I'd go 30, 50, 72. And then you're going to be set for everything. Now, the reason I have so many is because I can, control the speed of my boat by changing different size socks out for maximum efficiency this is what i'm telling you this drift sock game is not happen chance boat position boat control is the most important thing and the speed that your boat is drifting at so if i'm on a grass edge and i'm pitching and flipping I don't want to go motoring down it at Mach 10. So I, I'll slow that boat down so it's like my trolling motor on, on a low setting mm -hmm. where I can manage going down that grass bed and pitch and flip. You see what I'm saying? Or conversely, if I'm on a big body of water. Here, I'll tell you something crazy. Um, Champlain, um, I potlucked an FLW event on Champlain and wound up winning $10,000. In practice, the lake, I had one, one day to practice. Practice, the lake was beautiful. It was almost slick flat. I got a lot of work done, found a lot of fish. In the tournament, I in the morning of the tournament, I thought they were going to cancel it. Um, I was standing around talking with Steve. Clapper was in it. Baylog was in it. Um, and we, we were like, oh, they, they're not letting us go. They're not going to let us go. 
and they let us go. So when I got to my fish, okay, there was no way in God's green earth that I can put a trolling motor in the water, let alone stop myself from drifting with the trolling motor on high facing into the wind and still be going. So I just looked at my non-boater. I said, well, we're going to throw a couple drift socks out. We'll make a couple passes over these rock piles. Um, and we'll see if we can slow us down enough. Cause it was honking. Well, Carolina rigging, we smashed them. We absolutely smashed them. If it wasn't for the drift socks, I could have never fished on those fish, ever. There is no way in God's green earth I was in the middle of the stinking lake right down the pipe. So there was no way I was going to be able to fish those smallmouth, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and we did some serious damage. We both walked out of there with a lot of money in our pocket. All right. No drift sock, no bueno. That turns the tournament to a completely different tournament for me because I would have had to look for more sheltered water to fish and I would have been leaving potentially winning fish. You follow me? A hundred percent. So that's, you know, another instance where the drift sock was paramount. Um, that's why my, my bass boat, dude, I never... They're always in my bass boat. Always. I, I've told a story of, of Oneida before, and that's what I think also why I've been pushing for the drift sock. So you remember last year, I went up to, mm-hmm. to Oneida and Thousand Islands, and off air, I said, Frank, I said, do I need this? And you said, absolutely. You said, yeah. yes, you need to learn the drift sock game. And I was like, well, can I come up? Is there any way? And I mean, like, you've got the you know full-time job, and you're busy, and then I was busy, right. and I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And I'm in the middle. I mean, dude, I am on the verge of qualifying for the Elite Series going into the home stretch. I, this, I will not forgive myself for this for a number of years. It could have made go a up, difference, man. Well, listen, I go up to Oneida. And it's a tough bite, fall bite, September, or it's the end of August, or end mm-hmm. of July bite, beginning of August on Oneida. Go out on the big shoals, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can catch them. I catch a few fish, and I'm on it. Have a decent first day. Second day, and that's the only place I had, because I was, you know, I'm committed to that. I learned it. Ton, perfect drifting. Sand, rock, piles, everything. I mean, for four miles down this shoal. Yeah. So, you know, there were 40, 50 guys in practice. There were 20, 30 guys on the first day. It was kind of bucking, but it was fine. Second day, straight gas. I mean, gassing. <laughs> I mean, gassing. And I used to think everyone was exaggerating. And they were like, oh, let me tell you what, my bilge pumps ran the entire day. Yeah. No, they did No, my bilge pumps ran the entire day. I told my co-angler, I said, bring your rain suit. It's supposed to be sunny. We're getting soaked. <laughs> and, and, you know, I start out and I catch a, I catch a three and a half. And I'm like, it's all good. But I look down, and I'm I'm either eating waves over the bow of the boat with my Ultrex on high, mm-hmm. my 112, and it's going, which they can't like that sound down there. And I'm still not able to fish efficiently, and I'm still going over two miles an hour. Oh, or yes. I'm going with them on the side, and I'm going like 3.6 miles an hour. My stuff on a half-ounce drop shot is not even close to touching the bottom. Nope. I'm casting it, and by the time it gets to the bottom, I'm already behind it. So I do this for a couple like hours because it's the only thing. I said, we're here. I've got one. I just have to get a window, and I know I'm not fishing it efficiently. Mm-hmm. You come up out of the waves, and there were 10 or 15 in the morning. 
Within a couple hours, there were three or four boats. By noon, there were two. Me and Andrew Upshaw was out there. And yeah. guess what? Andrew Upshaw, experienced, had spent time on Erie with someone who showed him how to use a drift sock. And Andrew, every time I went by him at Mach 5 when we were doing our drifts, he was, he was bowed up on He one. was culling. He was <laughs> yeah. culling. And he should have had a mega sack that day. He had a really good bag that day, but he should have had a mega sack. I caught one. Andrew had two drift socks out. I said, how fast are you going? He's like 1.9 to 2.3 or some astronomically slow rate. And he was fishing the same drift lines within 50 yards of me. And he literally got probably a dozen bites to my two. Yeah. And I looked at my co-angler and I said, it's because I didn't. Did, did not learn that skill. I said, he is, he, he is not just getting lucky. I said, look at, he's got two drift socks out. Right. I said, that is skill and ability. That is him being a better angler than me and having more experience. And I am getting right. my butt kicked by him because I don't know how to use drift socks. Right. And he was probably going 0.07 to 1.1. What are speeds? What are, talk, what talk about speeds with drift socks? How much, I mean, you can look down at your GPS now, almost every boat. Oh, has yeah. What are your ideal speeds? What do you want to be drifting at when you're doing the drift sock thing, Frank? Okay. So it depends what I'm fishing. All right. Um, if I have to have what I like to do on uh, is make my lure just go on the bottom. I don't want it grinding and dragging hard. So then I'll go below a mile an hour. Uh, could be 0 0.05, 0 0.07, 0 0.08, below a mile an hour. And then I can go, I could downsize. I might be able to go to three eighths. Um, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To get it down there. If I, if I'm drop shotting, I start with a three eighths, but now I want to really slow it down because I want to be able to fish the the lure so i'll go three eighths or a half i'll keep my miles an hour below a mile an hour but if i'm dragging like tubes or something i might let it kick up faster so the tubes just going tow 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 along the bottom not flying by where the, i can't get the tube down unless i'm throwing an ounce you know what i mean because now you're moving too fast you really when i'm drift socking i really want to be under a mile an hour no matter what i'm doing i want to be under now if i'm fit if i'm doing it on a grass edge I, i'll try to slow it down even more if i'm flipping and pitching if i'm throwing you know um toad style baits or spinner baits burning spinner baits i'll let it go a little quicker because okay. then i can cover more water but that's pretty much the rule of thumb you know you i slow it down until until if I'm if I know the fish are there and I'm not getting bites, I keep slowing down till I start catching them, and then I'm very cognizant of that speed. That's why I have so many drift socks because I want to make sure that I'm dialed right in, so I don't have to keep standing on my trolling motor and stuff like that. Because a lot of what you were talking about that when the trolling motor comes mm -hmm. out, slam, slam, that can't be good because then you're drifting right over it, dude. I've seen on Lake Erie where I scatter them off of my deeper bumps doing that. It's literally like taking a paddle and going wham on the surface right. of the water and right. then dropping your bait straight down and being like, I wonder why I'm not getting bit. A hundred percent. They're moving aside. Like here, like I'll troll for walleyes too sometimes um, on out here because I, I like to, you know, I like to eat them. I don't like catching them. I like eating them, but um, <laughs> strictly a meat mission. 
Yeah, it's all it's all about the freezer. I like catching them too. I shouldn't yeah, yeah, say that, but um, but the reality of it is, is I've seen where if I'm on my outboard trolling, that I don't catch them because I don't have planer boards. The reason they use planer boards is to get the lures away uh, out to the sides of the boat, so when they're idling over the fish and the fish start to do this, they're going right out to the planer boards. Okay. Um, say that's what happens when you're on, when you're not using a drift sock and you're completely, your trolling motors constantly in and out and grr, bah, slam in and out, in and out. You're pushing those fish away from you. And the problem is your, your strike window in that circumstance has to be almost vertical because you have no control on a long cast. So it makes it tough. Uh, the drift sock is a, is a tool that you guys got to really, if you're if you're really into bass fishing, you got to really look at this. All right, I, I've never used one. I've never purchased one. I've watched your show. I've watched day four, number eighty three, with Frank. <laughs> you sure it's not seventy? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I want to. How? <clears throat> how do you practice this safely? Like not in adverse conditions. Like you have to be out there when it's windy, though, right? Like that's well, the only you, way. Well, you, there you is need. No yeah. You need a push. You have to have a push, but it doesn't have to be like suicidal. You know what I mean? I mean, you go out there when you got, you know, 10 to 15 mile an hour winds, uh, nothing crazy. And what you do is you drop a buoy. Don't even worry about structure. Drop a buoy, hit your waypoint, drop a buoy. Visually a buoy that you can uh, visually a buoy that you can visually see. Okay. Use your GPS. Also put the waypoint of that buoy in your GPS. It's important to do this. Then you go idle up around it and you say, okay, let's set our drift. So you, you throw the drift sock out, you turn your motor one way, you watch your, your GPS line, you know, I showed you on that illustration, mm-hmm. the track lines, you watch your track lines, see how they're going. Okay. And then practice hitting your buoy, practice trying to get that buoy. Then let's, and say you want to make a longer drift. Okay. Go way up in front of that buoy and see how accurately you can get within four feet or uh, to that buoy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now here's the cool thing about the buoy trick. You can stand up in your boat because you're not in inclement weather. You just got a little push going. You're not in inclement weather. Stand up in the boat, look at the buoy, see how you're drifting, and use your eyes to tell you, holy crap, you know, I'm off my mark, and then bump the boat up a little bit, and then let it free drift again and go, oh, now I'm going to hit that buoy. And And it's easy as that, and it will literally take you an hour. And you'll be able to position yourself where you can almost hit that buoy every time you drift to it. Now, here's the thing. Remember, okay, if your wind's not ferocious, you can't throw a 50-inch drift sock out because you won't go anywhere. All right? So (laughs) you got to throw the 30 or or the 24 because otherwise. (laughs) Sorry, Matt. (laughs) I like it. That's funny. 
Because otherwise, you'll be waiting three days to hit your buoy. You'll be like, oh, man, I'm hungry. It's noon It's already. just like a drop shot wait. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're trying to, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's all, I like it. All right. What else we got on Drift Socks? That's this has been it, very man. educational. That was very, very informative. It's, it's a show. Dude, I'll tell you straight up, dude. This is a show that I honestly never thought about. I grew up doing this. Heck, dude, I used to use drift socks in my canoe when that I was a kid. Interesting. So, I, I mean, I, this is something I never, it never even dawned on me. You know what I mean? It's one of those, it's like turning a turn signal on in your car. You don't have to think about it. Um, never dawned on me. But I think this show is fantastic because I think it's, it's something that is so overlooked in our bass fishing world today. And it's such an effective tool that I can't imagine anybody in a bass boat that doesn't carry a couple of drift socks. They don't weigh anything. You can fold them up and shove them in the bottom of a compartment. I would venture to say 90% of guys don't carry drift socks. I and only you. 50% of guys probably carry them. Probably 30% of guys carry them when they go up to the Great Lakes. And probably only 10% use them. It's a lost art, Frank. It is. So here, look. Go to LureNet. Lindy's got tons of them, and they're and in my opinion, they're the best socks out. They last for years and years oh, and years. Dude, I've I've got them. I gave Frankie a bunch of them that I had forever ago. You ever custom paint your drift sock? No, no, I'm not. Are you kidding me? They come in dark colors, light colors. This is bad. Day four, number 83, with the man, Frank Scalish, all about drift socks. Yeah, I think they should make water camo color. We'll see you guys next week. (laughs)